let me just start off by saying I'm a 20-year vet in this um, trucking industry. And it's been one of the most difficult, um, hardest uh, things that I probably could have ever done in my life. And I'm still going strong right now as we get ready to go into the New Year's right now. So we're on my 20th year right now and shooting for 21. And one thing that I want to bring to people, because a lot of people, like they see me driving a truck and they, you know, sometimes they get confused when I go into certain truck stops and they just can't believe that I'm driving a truck. They might have thought I might have came in with my car to get fuel. One of the things, man, that you guys just have to understand about like doing this truck driving, man, you're never going to be respected by, I want to say, I'm just going to keep it real. See, I'm going to keep this podcast as real as possible because I, I, I sit back on some of these YouTube channels and somewhere else and I listen to other people trucking. A lot of them are blowing smoke. A lot of them, some people uh, might give you some insight, but they're not really giving you the real deal because they're being sponsored by a company. So they'll come on and try to tell, try to make it seem like that the company is great when they know that they're not because they're getting some, getting some extra bones thrown on the side. Um, you're never going to be respected pretty much, man. It's something that that when you doing truck driving, you have to know within yourself that, okay, I'm out here doing the job that pretty much if you wasn't doing it, the world would probably shut down. And this is where I'm at with this right now. So to any truck driver that's out there listening to this right now, man, we need to start to get more aggressive with the way that we're demanding these rights and everything else from the DOT, FMCA, and all the rest of these clowns out here, man. My 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 solution and what I feel like we should be doing at this point, I try to tell everybody this, but then you'll get somebody that's been driving longer than me that, that won't agree with it, this or that. I think that every truck driver out there at this point, man, before I get into like the fundamentals for people that probably haven't came into this, I'm just jumping right up to the top. For everybody that's been out there the same amount of time, you've been out there for a decade, we need to start putting aside $25 to $30 a week. You know why we need to start putting aside $25 to $30 a week? Because at the end of the year, we need to go on strike. And we need to stick to that strike, and we don't need to come off that strike until we get the demands and rules that we need at this point. And it's going to be hard to do that because you're going to have a lot of these other clowns out there that's going to want to break that line. Just like I said before, like the guys that might go on YouTube and they'll make these certain videos for certain companies lying about the situation just to get you to come over there just so they could get three and four months out of you. Nobody knows anything more about this trucking game than I, than I'm known. Let me just give y'all a little bit of a bio before I even start getting into these segments. I've already stated to you guys, I've been out here for 20 years. You know how many companies I've been to? probably more than 20 because of due to the lying you get over there it's this situation they just lied to you to get you over there so i've been to every possible company and still going strong to more companies out there than what there is now some people might say oh 
Well, Keith, you're a job hopper. You this or that. No, that's not necessarily true. See, because what you guys have to understand when you're getting into this trucking game, what you do is you see an ad, you see a company, you see a flashy truck, you see them offering you all this stuff, but there's also limitations to what you're doing. And for the purposes, I'm because I don't know how this works on here, I won't name the companies, but I'll just name the color of the trucks. And you guys can pretty much tell by which company I'm talking about. Because like I told you, I've been to all of them. When you take instance for that big old orange truck going down the road, y'all know which one I'm talking about. I've been there. They'll offer you, like they'll give you like pretty much a new truck, but then they'll govern the truck. But And then on top of them governing the truck, they put all this stuff on the truck to govern you because they want you to drive the truck like you're a computer. This is one of the reasons why I had to get away from them because it was too stressful. And then on top of that, they put all this stuff on top of there, like the hair follicles, uh, the testing. They want you to come over with a clean record, a clean this, a clean that, but then they're not clean. And for the most part, I just want all y'all to understand this. When companies are trying to get you to come over and you got a clean record, you got to be careful about who you're coming to because you'll go in there with a clean record and you'll leave out of there with a virus because they're just there just to ruin your career. You know, they'll get you to come over because you got a nice record, this and that. But then because they got a low CSA score, and we'll talk about that and what does that mean and all the rest of this stuff, they can't go over scales because their score is too low. So every time you approach a scale, you have to go inside the scale. And guess whose points that's going to go on? That's going to go on your points. So I want everybody to remember this when you're coming into the truck game. There's three things that's going to be pertained on your record that you have to keep account of. The first one is going to be something that's called DAC. And not everybody uses DAC. Most companies don't use DAC. Only the people that sign up for DAC use DAC. DAC is out of Oklahoma out of the state, out of Oklahoma. And this is a company set up by whoever knows who. And what they do is they go out and they solicit these trucking companies and say, hey, if you pay us a service every month, we'll keep records and tabs on everything about the driver that you need to know. So when you're trying to run his background to hire him, we'll just tell you what he did with the last company. And then they put that stuff on your record for like seven up to 10 years. And let me just tell y'all something before I go on to the second and third thing that's on your record. This same company right now from that orange truck that I was telling y'all about, they're still reporting me from that orange company that I work for. Guess, guess back when I worked for that orange company. That was back in 2010. And they're still reporting it now. And when I just checked my DAC record, because everybody has a right to go to DAC, you just, you just go on your Google and, and Google DAC. And they'll come up and then you'll get the phone number and you'll call them. You'll give them your social security number. You'll give them your first and last name and you'll tell them you'll want a copy. And either they'll send it to you in the mail or either they'll send it to you by email. And then this is how you find out what's on there and then you can contest it. I'm sitting there looking at what they still have on me with the orange truck from back 2010, which is nothing because I voluntarily quit. And they have it on there. They say it was no accidents. You know, guy was, um, you know, he, they didn't put outstanding because they don't put certain words like that. But all they just report on there is like, if you ever failed any drug tests, did you have any accidents and, and stuff like that? And there's literally nothing on there. 
because I literally didn't get anything when I was with them. I just left that company because it was too stressful to work for. And I'll tell you guys why after I finish telling you the other two things that's going to be on your record. But they're still reporting me up until now. So when I called Dak and I said, why is this still on my record? Everybody's acting stupid like they don't know why. I said, look, man, look at the record. There's nothing on there. There's no tickets. There's there's nothing on there. Matter of fact, they reported on there that, you know, I was a good driver. They they don't say it like a good driver, but they just reported as like, you know, like this, like this is a good driver. Nothing happened. Bottom line is he worked for us from this time to that time. And then, um, you know, they're going to say what they're going to say. I said what I said. I said voluntarily. They said discharge. We both know what the situation is. The situation is, is that I'm bald up top. They did a thing back when I was out there in 2010 because a lot of their drivers came up positive because I was passing the regular piss test that you do. But then they got so-called wiser and they started doing this hair follicle thing that cost them more money to do it where they take a piece of your hair up top and it's more accurate. So when they did that, it came back like I think they said over 40 drivers, 40 to 50 drivers came back positive for drugs and a system, this and that. But when it came time for me to do my test and they couldn't get any top, any hair off the top of my head because I was bald. And so my dispatcher at the time, she'll tell you, she had me go to like three or four different clinics that they were using, the Concentra or whatever. And they was trying to tell her that since I was bald at the top, she's like, well, can you get it from the gold tee? At the time I had a, a short gold tee that was shaved down. They told her that they could not get any pubic hair. She was trying, I heard her talking to the doctor. That's how loud her voice was. I heard her talking to the doctor, asking him if they could get hair off of my pubic. And she was like, no, that's against the law. We can't do that. So they kept sending me clinic to clinic. Every week they would try to send me to the clinic. I went to about six different clinics. And by the way, I'm out of California. So I went from clinics, like four clinics down there. They tried giving me a load up to Bakersfield, trying to send me over there. They was telling her that they couldn't do it. So I noticed like after the final word was that they couldn't get follicles. Now they're going to try to get smart and savvy. Now they're slowing my runs down. So y'all get the, the picture of what was happening. I was being blackballed now because they didn't want me as a driver to come back and say, well, look, you can't get follicles off him. So I might just, if I do drugs, I'll just shave my hair. Then that way you won't be able to get it off me. So they had to find some type of way to um, single me out of there so I can get out of there. I mean, the roll, the, the run slowed down. It was bad enough that I was barely taking home $800 a week because I had three accounts there. I was doing the Sears. I was doing a Target. And I was doing a Walmart. And I would just go from the rail and pick up the, the trailers and then send them over there and then pick up an empty and bring it back to the yard within a day. But the situation that happened is that when they couldn't get the follicle hair, all that run started slowing down. And they was telling me that they didn't have any runs this week. And it was like two, three runs to where I was basically like making four to five hundred dollars a week to something that I couldn't do. So I just voluntarily quit. And that's the reason why I'm no longer on there. And they're still reporting me till this day from 2010 all the way up until now. And it's telling me that it's going to fall off sometime, um, I think, in May or June of next year. Because when I asked the guy on the phone, I was like, well, how long does this this how long does it stay on your record? He couldn't even tell me himself. I was like, well, can I talk to a supervisor? He was the supervisor. And I said, well, how is it that you work there, sir, but you can't tell me how long this stuff sits on your record? And he was being an asshole about it and was trying to make it seem like, well, it's, you know, we just work for the company. We don't, I'm, you work for a company, but you don't know the rules. 
I mean, I was going back and forth with this balls of the clown ass motherfucker. And he just couldn't tell me anything that was going on. He had no, you work there, but you don't know how long it sits. So what I did was I Googled how long does something sit on your deck? And it says it right there. Stuff can sit up there from any accidents. It can sit from seven years and to just them generally having you, it sits for 10 years. So other words, if you had an accident or something like that, the accident part will sit on there for seven years. Then they'll erase it, but they'll still have you there. It's just basically they reporting that you work there. That's how they get paid. This is how Dak makes their money from these companies or, or other people that want to come over and inquire about you. They'll just have something to the fact because you everybody knows like after three to five years, you know, most companies says only give me three to five year background. Only like certain like these commercial companies want 10 years. They really want to dig in to see what you was doing. But the thing about it is they're saying we'll report it. We'll report your accidents and tickets for seven, but we'll have you saying that you was working there for 10. So that's why mine is getting ready to fall off in May. Now, I told y'all the first um, one was that, and that's like some companies, not every company pays that, that certain um, company to run people's license. The other one is called PSP. This is the one that's regulated by the FMCSA and they sit there and they generate their information from um, the DMV to DAC to whoever else might have reported you. So you got to go online and hit PSP.com or PSP um, um, driver and it'll come up and you'll just hit the link and you'll pay $10, put your social security and your birthday. It'll allow you to go in there to see what they have. And what PSP does is basically they're regulated by the scales. So anytime you go over a scale and you were shut down or they find tires or anything that the company had with their raggedy ass equipment that you're driving because you're trying to get paid and they have a low CSA score. Anytime you go over the scale and you get pulled in the scale and they find that the trailer was unsatisfactory, they're going to put that on your record as well as the company. That's what I don't like. That's what I, I just don't like that because they should be shutting down the company. It has nothing to really do with the driver. The driver can only do physical sin. And when I say by physical sin, going around, kicking some tires, turning on the lights, this and that. If that company, if, if they got like 10 trailers and all the tire trailers are bad on there and they constantly keep just changing one tire at a time, they really don't want to change tires. We all know these companies, if y'all are veterans. These companies just want to change one tire at a time because they want the tire to bust on the driver before they change it. They want to get as much tread out of that out of that trailer as they can. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So the thing about it is, is that they'll report that on your PSP. Those are the, the highway patrol guys that's sitting in these scales that'll pull you over. They'll give you a ticket. If you get a ticket for speeding, it's basically the highway patrol that's, that's in control of that PSP. And then they got the new thing now, this clearinghouse. Clearinghouse does the same thing as like a PSP where they keep all your general information. And see, what I can't understand, y'all, is why do we got three things out here? You got DAC, PSP, Clearinghouse, and then on top of that, you got your DMV printout. You got all four of these things reporting different things. So my DAC got the orange truck on there, but if I go pull my PSP, they're not on there. But then the DMV don't have neither PSP information nor DAC. They only have the information that they have, like as far as like the city or the state that I live in as California. All of this shit is just stupid to me. Every two to three years, they keep coming up with these new agencies that are pitching these, these things to different companies and they're being allowed 
to make up a company called Truckers uh, Association. And if and they'll go pitch all this stuff to these companies, telling them that they can get more information than the next guy. Just pay us a service fee and we'll tell you everything you need to know. We'll tell you what the guy was doing in Walmart, what size he wear. All, I mean, all this shit that just in violating your rights. So remember those four things. There's going to be that, PSP, Clearinghouse, and then um, your your regular DMV report from your from from whichever DMV that you live in. So to all the truckers, this is what you have to all the new truckers that's coming in one on one. This is what you have to deal with. You have four of these things. You have to be very careful about the companies that you go to, because if they got a high rate of accidents, if they got a high rate. Uh, 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 a PSP, I mean, uh, not PSP, but a CSA score, if they got a high CSA score, that means that when you get in their truck and you're driving down the highway, anytime you go over a scale and it and that scale hits that license plate, it comes up like we need to DOT this guy to get his score up because it's been found that every time we pull their trucks over, we find something wrong, like the tires not being right, the brakes not being adjusted, the light being out. They find all these things and they're putting it on the driver like the driver's the mechanic and supposed to get in there to fix that. Because just because I did my pre-trip at two o'clock in the morning and all the lights came on, now when it's time for me to drive at night, as soon as I flip that light switch on and the light um, blows out, that does not mean that that should be my fault because if the highway patrol pulled me over, he tries to make it seem like I didn't do my pre-trip because when I did my pre-trip, it worked. And this is the thing that they don't understand and fail to realize that things happen when you're going down the road, especially when we're living in all these states where the, the constructions and the roads are very messed up. So when you're going over all these bumps, it could basically make the light go out because, you know, just the wiring and stuff is not right. And the raggedy truck that you might be driving, all this stuff, man. I mean, they, they require this is what I'm telling y'all. You might listening to me. You might not want to do it because I'm just going to be too real to you about it. All the stuff that they're going to require you to do as a truck driver, and then they're not compensating you for it. And in the beginning of this podcast, just like I told you, you're not going to be respected by anybody out here. They look at the truck drivers like he's some stank asshole dude, you know, BJ and the bandit, BJ and the bear. You know, they ride by you, flick you off. They always kiss. They always got their little ugly kids sticking their head out the window, wanting you to blow that horn. You know, the, the perception of a truck driver to them is like you're ignorant and you're nobody. But they realize this is the one thing, y'all, that they fail to realize. We're more important than the police officer. We're more important than the ambulance. We're more important than even... um. The, the 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 fire department, anybody that you want to name. You want to know why? Because without that truck, neither one of those agencies that I just named are getting their supply. If every truck driver, like I said, was to shut down at the end of the year, they wouldn't get anything. They wouldn't get food, especially food shortages, everything. We have the power. We're See, the thing of it is what they did was, y'all, they turned everything around and tried to trick us like we're nothing when we're actually the God. Because without us, you're not getting anything. Imagine if there was only five truck drivers in your city and they pissed off all four of them. If those, if you didn't give those drivers what they want, you won't get anything because nine out of 10 times that guy in that pickup truck is only going to be able to go 20 miles or 30 miles to get so much. And he's not going to be able to put in this pickup truck what you can put in that tractor trailer. 
he's not going to be able to do that. You know, you might be able to go up and down the highway, get your little cage, because I'm starting to see those now with the cages. That's that's probably what I'm going to wind up doing later on. But it's only so much that you could do. And you're the only one. You got thousands of people that live in your city. Without us, you won't be able to accomplish anything. And that's what these guys fail to realize. They try to turn it around to make it seem like truck drivers ain't shit. And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the burden always being on us. We, we have to be mechanics slash drivers, this, that. And, and it doesn't pay. You're not paying me for all that. And then you're sitting over in some truck stop waiting to get loads in these dirty, nasty, stalker, filthy-ass truck stops. You got these guys. And let me just tell y'all something. I'm going to just be really real with y'all. I feel like probably, and this is just my perception and my number, I feel probably maybe about like maybe I want to say like 65% of people that are driving trucks are homeless. They're living out of the truck. And what I and what I mean by that, I'm saying like they're living out the truck. They got all this shit in storage and they just stay on the road. They just never, they come home every now and then, you know, when it's time to like see their kids or pay a bill here or there. But the majority of them is basically their their life is on the road. And they're the most like weirdest people that you ever want to see, unattractive, weirdest people that you ever want to see. You know, they'll get on their CBs and talk a lot of shit about, you know, you or, or whatever else. I mean, like I said, truck driving is really something that you really want to think about, man, because coming into this game, you have all this on your shoulder and for just a little bit of pay. Like I said, when you're when you're starting out, the most you might start making per per week maybe is probably anywhere from the ranges of eight fifty to maybe nine hundred, and that's depending on the company that you're going with. If you're getting with a commercial company, like I said, that big orange truck, that big blue truck, that green truck, um, them doubles. I've I've done it all. I've I've done it all, y'all. The only thing that I haven't done, that, and I have the endorsement for, it, it's a tanker. And the only reason why I refuse to do that is because the way that people drive. In some of these states, it's just ridiculous. It's nothing you could do. You know, somebody run into the back of that, they're going to have to shut down the whole goddamn fucking interstate to clean that shit up. And I just will not do it because people out here drive ignorant. It's not that I wouldn't do it. I don't know the rules. I'm just not going to do it because people drive ignorant. They drive ignorant in Arizona. We'll go over that later in the podcast, too, about the, the states that I feel are the worst states to drive in. Like you go over to some of these states, these people just ridiculous, man. They're speeding up behind you. They see the truck and all of a sudden they just for no reason want to keep the truck behind them. And they'll do anything by any means necessary, you know, doing 120 miles an hour. I've actually like chased these fools at like fucking 90 miles an hour in my truck going down the road because speed limit is 75, 80 somewhere in Texas. And they'll look at you funny because you're doing the speed limit. And they'll roll by you looking up like, and I'm and I'm like looking at them like stupid, like stupid ass. The, the speed limit out here on the 20 is 80 miles per hour. And then going all through here is 70, 75. But then they want to look at you funny. Like I said, the disrespect from people about trucking needs to be revisited. It needs more rules to protect us. It needs more back off of me, Highway Patrol. Do your job right and quit trying to blame the driver. I've been down so many rules. Fought so many cases in one. It's it's ridiculous, man. Like I said, um, coming into this game has been 
really just just something just very inter interesting and something like i said now knowing what i know now people like to ask if if you could do it all over again would you and i'm gonna just keep it real with y'all if i know what i know now and if, and if i could go back to what was that uh 2001 no i wouldn't i wouldn't do it i would not because like i said for the simple fact that the, the the first thing is the lack of respect out here you don't get it these people that that's the one thing that just it just makes it really uh uh a no go for me man the, the lack of respect out here people don't care they jump in front of your trucks they do i see the most weirdest shits late at night this these are when the freaks come out these weirdos they come out They'll follow behind my truck going down the road. I'm coming back from Vegas on the 15, going into um, Cali, and and it'll be some car just just following behind my shit for no fucking reason. I'll get into another lane. He'll get into another lane. I'll speed up. He'll speed up. I'll jump off the interstate. He'll jump off the interstate till I finally pull over my truck, get out, walk to the back, throwing my hands up like, what the fuck are you doing following me? Then they pull the fuck off. I could never, I never understood like, why are you following behind me like that? Just, just weirdo shit, man. And some of the times they look weird. Like they're, it's not that they're trying to like get the truck jacked because it might be a woman. It might be a man. Maybe they scared to drive down the highway, but you're not supposed to be behind the back of my truck like that in my blind side. Cause if I step on the brakes and you run into the back, guess what? Now you got your mouth open like you got some type of fucking claim coming. Like I said, the respect, the, the, that's why they said we was on the top 10 list. We get it every year for like one of the most dangerous jobs in the world is, is truck driving. Ice, I don't know how they do it with those ice truckers, man. I don't know how they do it. But it's like one of the most top 10 um, dangerous jobs in the world because you're always on the lookout for what somebody else is trying to get over and do to you. From the cars, from the companies, trying to get you to pull their equipment that are no good to this and that. I mean, everything about it is just not good. I wouldn't, like I said, you have to really think about if this is something that you guys really want to do. Some people want to get into it because they want to get their own thing. That's all nice and dandy. But I tell y'all this, what a lot of y'all need to start looking in is probably going out to go get a diesel with some type of... um with some type of trailer in the back of it because those are more easier to maintain and more easier to fix and the 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 warranty on those are more lifelong so like take instance like most people like to go get on the truck they'll save their money they'll put all their stuff in like you'll go pick one of those companies like i said the 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 red truck orange truck green truck blue truck y'all know which 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 trucks i'm talking about they're the only ones out there in this country that got those type of trucks the red one, the green one, the orange one, the blue one. I work for all of them. And a lot of people, they'll go get recruited. They'll put their stuff up in storage or either they'll try to save their little money for about a year or two. And then they'll try to go out and learn the ropes and try to go out and get their own truck. But see, the thing about it is, it's like if you don't have any knowledge in fixing that truck, you're pretty much going to be screwed because you're going to be at a dealer. The dealer's warranty is only going to be as good as what your money is. So if you're paying like close to anywhere like 15 to 20, 25,000 for a truck, the warranty on that truck is probably only going to be six months on the truck. You know, they might give you a six months or either you might bump it up a little bit with some extra money that you might pay, but that's still not going to be good enough. Because guess what? 
they know for a fact that the warranty is not going to cover stuff around it. Like you're good if it's just going to might cover the engine and tranny. But when little stuff goes out, that's going to cost you even more money. What are you going to do then? So if your water pump goes out and you're stuck somewhere like a thousand miles away, like you're in Texas somewhere, what are you going to do at that point? Because just for roadside service to come out to you, that's about a good thousand. And then if he don't have the part and he got to go get it and then bring it back and fix it, he's charging a hundred dollars an hour. I've been through all those scenarios, man. I've been stuck on the side of the highway for days because of a company that was so shitty trying to send somebody. How are we going to get somebody over there? And then they don't even care about the driver. They figure he's good. He's he's good enough to sleep in the back. Highway patrol comes by giving me a ticket for being broke on the side of the highway. You've been here since uh, Friday. It is now Sunday type shit. So then I got to get away from this company because they really don't care. Just give me what you owe me and then I go off to the next company. That's what I'm talking about, man. You guys have to be aware and know what's going I know I'm jumping all over the place, but I'm trying to give it to y'all the best way that I can at this point. And um, like I said, you guys might want to start looking at getting a, D, a dually truck with a trailer because that might be long longevity and it's more easier to sustain because when you get when you get one of those type of trucks the warranty on that on that dodge ram is probably going to be like a hundred thousand miles so if you get that truck at like thirty thousand miles they might give you a hundred thousand dollar uh i mean a hundred thousand dollar hundred thousand mile i keep saying hundred thousand dollar hundred thousand mile warranty on the power tram plus the tranny on that and pretty much a water pump on that is way less expensive than trying to fix it on a tractor trailer. Because as soon as those roadside service hear about that on a big dually, on a not a big dually, but a big truck, they, they got dollar signs in they in they in their eyes. It's more sustainable in a dually truck than it is a tractor trailer. So you guys might want to start looking at